Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Um, we're going to look at Isaiah um, because, you know, if I had a choice between all the passages I have to read today from the Daily Bible Reading Show, I often honestly skipped the book of Isaiah. It's so difficult and there's so much poetry in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's the point. Uh, following these plans is to read exactly those books that I don't want to read. So I'm going to read Isaiah today, and this is Isaiah chapter 61. Um, I'm going to pray. Uh, Lord, help me. <laughs> with that desire, with that motivation, not to do this just because I have to, but precisely where things seem dry, please give me joy in life and a desire to seek you in every circumstance of life. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is Isaiah chapter 61. Justice. Okay, so the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Uh, by the way, Jesus quotes this um, in Luke chapter 4. We'll look at this in a moment. But just to bear in mind, Jesus talks about himself in the words of Isaiah 61. Uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, um, to, con to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Excuse me. So Jesus, it's kind of like pointing to himself, you know, as king, as savior, as God. You know, he does call himself the anointed one, verse six, six so verse two, because the Lord has anointed me. Uh, but the way in which this savior, God, king comes is so gentle you know um he says you know he says the ones who are brokenhearted those who are stuck as prisoners you know he's come to proclaim the year of the lord's favor he's come precisely to people who are um it's not just that you're in trouble but that you have no hope you think that that's it you know that's your life you're never going to uh, get out of this trouble. And God says, you know, I'm going to send this person and I'm going to put my spirit on. He's going to be my anointed one and he is going to free you. He is going to show you just how much love and how much blessing I have for you, but through this person. And just verse three, you know, that reversal of fortunes, you know, crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair it's it precisely in those areas where people are you know they've lost hope they they think god will not hear my prayer you know god would transform that experience entirely by giving them joy and hope and and beauty you know such that um such that it's not showy it's not hey look at me i've changed your circumstance you know isn't it great but that he comes to you through this person who understands your predicament and is gentle with you and speaks to you in this uh, empathetic way 
I guess. You know, this, these are such beautiful, encouraging words that you feel as if, even before you receive that blessing, you, you go, wow, you know, you've heard my prayer. You know, God, you know, you actually see me in this situation and you actually have come to me to bless me in this dark situation in life. So let me carry on verse 4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So it's future. You know, all this will happen. Right now, it's just devastation. All this is ruins, but God said they will rebuild. It will change. Um, where it's just ruins now, there will be this city. Verse 5, aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. And you know, you, you can't be cynical in the face of such promises, even though they're in the future, even though God says this will happen, you will do this. Because again, it comes through this individual who speaks to you, you know, saying, you will do this. This will happen to you, this individual who speaks to you in that darkness and within the ruins and saying, no, this is not all that God has in store for you. He promises hope. Verse seven, instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs you know this double portion this double inheritance this everlasting joy it's over the top language it's almost unbelievable and in which you know you might hear it, so then why believe it but why wouldn't you want to believe it you know the idea of believing in a god who is good is loving believing in a heaven that is eternal it's it's not that it's too unbelievable to be true but it's that it's so unbelievably good that you want it to be true. Now, now it is true, and God does evidence it, you know, through you know, the resurrection and through hints of it to come. But, but at the very least, even if you're not quite sure this is true, the point of these verses is to evoke a kind of appetite to want this to be true. <laughs> it's like, you know, one of those YouTube videos where you see those food videos and you go, that's amazing and you wish you could taste that and this gives us a taste for heaven verse 8 for I the Lord love justice I hate robbery and iniquity in my faithfulness I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be known among the nations uh, and their offspring among the people all who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed and just in case you didn't miss you missed that verse 8 says i the lord you know on the one hand hey you know the lord has blessed me has anointed me but then suddenly this person says i the lord i god and so <laughs> there are hints there of this person being god himself even though he's chosen by god and used by god you know this person is god himself who himself has come to bless his people they are the people the lord has blessed verse 9 Verse 10, I delight greatly in the Lord. So changes back to the servant. He delights in God. My soul rejoices in my God. 
For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the young plant come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, as the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. And it ends with this picture of this wedding. So this savior, this king is now a groom and his people are his bride and both are beautifully dressed. You know, he's dressed as this priest with this headgear. <laughs> Apparently, I guess that's what they wore back then. And uh, the bride has jewels and their witnesses, their wedding guests are the nations. So it says the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. So, you know, in a way, there is this overflowing again of blessing and thankfulness that comes to God's people through this servant, this speaker who is anointed by the Spirit. But this blessing then overflows onto the nations. And it's, you know, this, this abundance again that cannot be contained. This goodness, this tenderness, this gentleness that comes to a people who right now um, you know, are suffering. Uh, they're, they're in exile, you know, and God says, I'll bring you back, you'll rebuild your city. They're prisoners, Again, that, and that's what it means to proclaim freedom for the captives, you know, prisoners in Babylon. But also they're brokenhearted, you know, more than their physical suffering and slavery. There's that spiritual, and emotional slavery and darkness that they're encountering, God has come to speak into that. And the way that he does that is by sending this person to speak hope, to speak these promises that yes, sound almost too good to be true, but make you want it to be true. Make you look towards this person uh, in whom is this wonderful, amazing truth. And, and it's Jesus. Again, Jesus quotes this in Luke chapter 4. I, I, I won't read it. You know, I can read it there. Luke chapter 4. And he says, Today in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. How wonderful is that? You know, for Jesus to give that promise and also, also to give that fulfillment. Fulfillment not because, you know, when he, when he spoke it, you know, they were still under Roman rule. You know, they still, they still went, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. No, but something has changed. He has come. You know, that, that's the biggest change that's happened in any Christian's life, you know, who hasn't yet made it to heaven. You know, we are all still here on earth. But we have Jesus. He has come. And because he has come and spoken these promises, because he's died and rose from the dead, he says to us, these promises are as good as fulfilled. They're fulfilled in your hearing. And... It's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for Jesus, that in him we receive all your blessings, we receive all your love and tenderness towards us, that overflows from him to us, that overflows from us to the nations. Uh, Lord, please don't stop pouring these blessings, these signs of hope, and these words of tenderness into our hearts. And help us, Lord, um, to never lose this hope inside of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's Isaiah 50, 60, 61. Yeah.